Hello, photography lovers, and welcome to another episode of your most favorite show. I guess and suppose, and I really, really hope that's true. This is the Fashion Photography Podcast, the one and only place you can find everything you want and everything you need to learn about the fashion photography business. Not because of other reason, but because every Wednesday I'm here with a guest. Another fellow photographer and makeup artist or fashion stylist or pretty much anyone connected to the fashion photography business. And every other Friday, I'm answering your questions and giving you some small tips and tricks on how to develop your work as a photographer. My name is Virginia Yancheva, and I'm a fashion and advertising photographer and also the host of this show. I'm so very happy to have you around. And if this is your first time listening to our show, you can go and check out our brand new and absolutely gorgeous website called photographypodcast.net. There you're going to find all of our previous episodes and also a little preview of all of our guests' work. You already know where to go to grab a little bit of inspiration. But in case you have some waiting amazing fashion editorials and you want to submit them somewhere, you can do that by visiting judepassionmagazine.com or neverlandmag.com. These are our two absolutely gorgeous friends. And on their websites, you can find also our podcast. I'm very, very happy to be here with you today because this week we are starting our show with another super exciting and amazing guest. He's part of a do, photography do, and today we'll be discussing how to be flexible on set. We also talk about mood boards and what we need to put in them. In case you have ever asked yourself how important is it for a photographer to have a strategy nowadays in order to become a well-known name, while well, we are answering this question. And we are also giving you some advices on how to develop the strategy for your business. And we are mentioning exactly the questions that you need to ask yourself to develop your signature. If that's not enough for you, we are also talking about the reality behind the scenes of shooting for magazines. I know, I know, you don't have any patience, do you? <laughs> Me too. So let's go straight to the show. Hello, my name is Giel Dome. I am part of Dome van de Velde together with Kenneth van de Velde. Uh, we're a duo photographer, fashion photographer, beauty, conceptual. That's what we are aiming to go for. Where are you based right now? Actually, we're based in Paris and Antwerp, but Antwerp is always the middle of London and Paris. And elsewhere you want to go is Belgium, actually the center, but we're most of the time we're based in Paris. Mm -hmm. And do you want to tell us how it all started for you too? Because yes, we've had some duos before, but it's not that common. I was modeling before when I was younger. I did some shows international, like in Milan and Paris. Then the fashion industry changed a bit, so I quit modeling because I was tired of playing a role, which I wasn't. And then actually I started to miss fashion a bit, and then I started taking pictures of friends of mine with just a really small little camera. So that's actually how it started. So the small camera turned into uh, my first professional device. It was like a Canon 400D, I remember. So it was like, for me, it was huge. It was cool. So that's how it developed. And uh, today we're shooting with the camera I always dreamed of. So that's, yeah, it, it's actually <laughs> funny how it starts. What's the camera that you love so much now? Hasselblad. It's, um, it's this kind of camera that captures all dangerous details. Mm-hmm. But it's really nice to work with, especially 
for our style, it really suits pretty well because we wanted to deliver that quality that was what we dreamed of. So mm -hmm. that's why we, uh, we went for that. And nowadays, quality is something very important because everyone can deliver photos. Exactly. Especially on the days, you know, um, good cameras are affordable now. So the True. days that we started, it was like really difficult to get one. So the thing is, the cameras in the store that are really affordable, they give like huge of quality at these days as well. But I really believe that quality is not only uh, about the camera. It is also post-production. It is also how you cover everything, how you uh, capture everything. I think it's not only the camera. It's a combination of many different things. I also believe it's not just about the camera. Because if you don't have the right idea, even if you have the best camera in the world, you're completely lost. But exactly. But that's not the case in your situation because you're full of ideas, or at least that's what it looks like on your images. So yeah. first off, do you want to share your website? Domenvandevelde.com And it's also linked in the show notes as usual, guys. On the website, we can actually see how diverse your work is, but at the same time, it's under the same style. So I don't think it's just the quality of your camera. <laughs> It's a combination, but exactly. it adds an extra dimension on the pictures. If I compare the camera with my old camera, if you're shooting in terrible light conditions, when the light is getting a little bit darker, you're still able to capture lots of details. And that wasn't able with my previous camera. It's like in small details. In print, you just achieve a little bit more and it's just a little bit more. It's maybe not much, but it just gives like an extra dimension to your images. We were like really thinking, what are we going to aim for? What is our goal? What is the thing that we need? And it was just a decision that we made together. But like we said before, it's not only about the camera. So True. you can even make really beautiful pictures with iPhone camera. It doesn't really matter. As we said, you need the idea. And let's talk a little bit about your ideas and where they are coming from, because that's very interesting to me. Let's talk about ideas overall. Because you're in a duo, it's a little bit different. And you did not tell me how you two started working together. So do you want to first start with this? The thing was, I was photographing for about eight years. Mm -hmm. Then I met Kenneth. He's also my life partner. So we're oh. also together for about eight years now. That's awesome. Yeah, cool, huh? isn't it? Sharing your personal life and your work life with your partner might be a little bit difficult. It is not always easy. We are always busy with work. And even if we try to take some holiday, photography stays our, our main passion, our main goal. So sometimes it's really difficult to give attention on other things because if you're sharing a passion, it's difficult to take another road. But we knew each other like eight years ago and we are working full time together since seven years ago. Mm -hmm. The thing was that I'm not really this patient kind of guy. So for me, post-production was like I did always things by myself. Mm -hmm. But Kenneth has a little bit more patience. So he's like so especially amazingly in skin retouch and everything like that. And that wasn't my favorite thing to do when I was shooting alone. So, you know, the combination was there like perfectly. Mm -hmm. And then we developed together. Sometimes I'm shooting when I lost the view. Kenneth's taking over the other way around. Post-production, we always do together as well. I'm mostly doing colors and contrasts and everything. While Kenneth is doing the skin retouch and the detailed work. So, you know, it's it, actually it's a beautiful combination. And it started really stupid. 
we started doing post-production contests. We both started with the same picture and we did against each other, we did post-production. And then the one who once uh, didn't have to do the dishes or something, you know, <laughs> these really stupid games, that's how it started. And it turned out today we're a really good team together and we, we tried to manage everything together. So that's pretty cool. Those contests were totally private. Oh. <laughs> it was also the beginning of our career. So we started with really things, drowning blood and everything, uh, drawing uh, stupid things adding some 3D effect, adding some filters, adding so, you know, it's it's not really the mm -hmm. kind of work that we were doing today. It was just to develop. But I think this type of work is also very important at the beginning because you learn stuff that might not be useful on the long term, but at the same time, this is knowledge that you can develop and just bring to something new and else. We never studied photography. We never studied anything. So we learned everything on ourselves. We did some workshops, of course, but the thing is you totally develop your own style. You totally develop your own way of work, your own manners, your mm -hmm. own tricks. So we have our own way to work. And that's what you said. It's really important. You know, every small detail, even drowning blood, by example, can give you some knowledge for using things afterwards. You learned photography on your own, but you were able to see a lot from other photographers from the time you were a model. It's quite funny, but on that moment when I was modeling, I never got interested in <laughs> camera thingies. My ex-boyfriend was also a photographer. I even remembered that I once, when he hurt his, his wrist, I helped him photography. You know, even then it wasn't saying something to me. I wasn't busy with, with contrast or light or camera settings. No, it doesn't did something to me. I was totally into modeling. I did some hairstyling for his models back then. I totally wasn't into photography. It just came out later when I just started taking pictures of my friends with a little small camera. That's how it started. So You discovered it later. Exactly. Maybe on that time in my unconsciousness, it was saved or something i don't know how to mm -hmm. say it but... like a reflex that you have yeah it could be so it wasn't a love from the first side but do you think that your partner have helped you somehow to fall in love also with the photography not really because when i met my partner i was doing photography full-time on my own what about him he was actually a sport teacher so he did like sports uh, studies mm-hmm which is totally different, but he was doing on his own also some post-production, mm -hmm. editing some pictures of, of the family, editing some pictures from himself, selfies and everything that he was doing a bit, giving himself an old skin or, you know, these kind of effects he was doing. So maybe it's the other way around. Maybe you helped him to see his love for photography, thanks to you. <laughs> well, I think it was a combination. We met each other and it seems like every piece of the puzzle fits each other. Mm -hmm. Probably. I believe that everything happens for a reason. I believe that too. Much big believer of that. <laughs> so you mentioned strategy and that you both were thinking what to do with your futures photographers when you were talking about the camera that you chose. Yes. How important do you think it is for a photographer to have a strategy nowadays in order to become a big name? I think 100% you need to have a strategy, but also you have to have a combination of strategy and courage, I think, because sometimes 
especially with creative jobs, you need to take another path which was not planned. True, like a plan B. Exactly, but you know, you can manage like, oh, I want to do some fashion photography, oh, I really want to do fashion, fashion, fashion. But then you came out in beauty because mm. beauty is maybe a better market or easy market because there are a lot of fashion photographers on this time and maybe not that much beauty in comparison with fashion. Mm-hmm. That's just an example that we had because we were really focused on fashion, fashion, fashion. But then we started with beauty because fashion was a bit overwhelmed at that point. So now we do a combination, but beauty was not our plan. It wasn't our first strategy. So we take another path. So that's why I mean that you have to got a strategy for sure, but that you also have to be able to take another road if it needs to. Apart from the camera, what were the other questions that you were asking yourself when you were developing this strategy? We were talking with business developers and everything, and they told us that we have to get an own signature. And the signature could be a type of model. The signature could be a type of light, a type of color. This is what we actually developed. Mostly we shoot models with really strong cheekbones. Also, lots of our models, they are pretty androgynous. So that's the style that we really aim for. I'm so in love with bleached eyebrows. So probably on our website, you will see lots of pictures with models with bleached eyebrows. So that's a bit our signature. And that is what, together with the, the type of camera, which kind of signature are we going to put on the market? What is typical for Dome van der Velde? What is a type of image? that we will come out with. There are lots of things that we uh, develop together with the camera, the type of camera. That's very interesting because it's your main tool. So you really have to know it well. Yeah, it starts using and then uh, the the rest uh, follows. It's just experience and try things out and everything. Tell me what usually happens when you go in a photo shoot. Do you know where you're going to put your light? Do you have like a solid strategy for the shoot? talking about strategy overall before the shoot starts we had a mood board and the mood board always ending with how or what type of light are we going to use are we going for daylight are we going for continuous light are we going for flashlight are we going to work with umbrella are we going to work with softbox are we going to work with whatever that's always in the mood board and that's always planned on forehand sometimes when we're shooting Probably you see it on the first or the second picture. Sometimes it can happen that we decide to change because it's not working what we thought. So it always can happen that the strategy always change a bit, which I explained before. Mm -hmm. But mostly it's quite clear and we stay with the plan. It's very important for me what you said that if it's not working, you need to change it. And I think it's very important also for the new photographers coming up to the business to understand that because many people at the very beginning are truly concerned that if they say to their team that something is not really working, people will think that they're not professional enough. No, not, no, that's not true. Right? Of course. Imagine you settled up a mood board and you want this iconic flashlight and you want this deep contrast and everything and then your model shows up, the makeup is there. And the styling is there. And for one reason, the type of light is not matching with the styling. 
Could be that styling is too reflectional, that there are too much plastics in it, that it's too much light reflected. Then you have to change. It has nothing to do with only the photographer. Everything is a team combination. Mm -hmm. It can even be the model that the skin of the model did not reflect the light very well, that you have to use harder light or that the makeup uses too much uh, powder, that uh, the skin is too flatted. As a photographer, you have to be really flexible, so you really have to change when it needs to. That's also the reason why lots of people work mostly with the same persons. If you find the right makeup artist for your photography, mostly you always work with them. And we have the same, I know we, we have maybe three makeup artists maximum, which we continuously work with because we know what they achieve. But it's not always the fault of the photographer, definitely not. That was exactly my next question. Do you usually work with different people or just the same teams? And how did you find your team? Well, the thing is, we mostly work with the same team for own projects. Own projects means investment. It means that you give lots of your time, also money to invest mm -hmm. for projects. So then you work with people that you may know, like makeup artists, styling, because then you are for 100% sure or 85% sure that the work is perfect, that it will work that because you know each other and you work in with each other. So you definitely know that it's going to work mm -hmm. most of the time. But on the other hand, if you are doing a project that isn't that much of risk, you also have to explore your connections. You have to work with other people too to spread your connections. You need some people that helps you further. Some of makeup artists, they have really much of connections so they can propose you to other ones. Other important people, same with stylists. Most of the time, stylists are also fashion editors for magazines. So it's really useful that you have to work also with other people. True. But most of the time, if we are investing lots of money in an underwater project, which costs a lot of money for renting the material and everything, you have to find like a swimming pool or a water basement. Then mostly uh, these kind of projects with a fast, with a, with a, um, a stuck team. I met my makeup artist three years ago on a job we were booked for, and we had such a click, and we worked together now for about five years or so. And then other makeup artists I met during a project and also we stuck together. That's our, our the main two actually. And the rest is a bit, if we are doing more easy kind of jobs where the makeup is not that important, where it has to be too natural. We also work with other people, um, not really riskful. Do I make myself clear what I mean? Like in really important jobs, like free jobs or everything, or own projects, it's more the stuck team. And for other projects, yeah, we try to develop our contact list with other people because it's really important to develop that as well. Yeah, for sure. I ask this question very often, but to me, this is very important. And that's why I would like to ask you too. Why do you think personal projects are so important and how often do you do them? Well, actually, I'm almost doing projects like a cow gives milk. <laughs> Every month we have two or three own projects because that one, for me, it's really important to do that because it gives me power. It gives me joy in life because that's my air that I breathe. Being creative, doing your own style, doing what you think is best. Today, the magazines, it's not always easy to do your own thing. True. Every magazine has advertisers. Every magazine has sponsors who they have to listen to. Working for magazines, it's not always that easy. 
mostly you just have to do something that isn't 100% what you want to do. Not always, but most of the time it is like that because you have to listen to the advertisers. You cannot combine this designer with that designer. This kind of designer wants the first page. That designer wants the wants this. That's why uh, we are doing own project that much because on that moment, you're the boss and you can do whatever you want. True. And what you said about the magazines is also very, very accurate because before people were fighting to shoot for magazines because the work was very inspiring and very creative. Yeah, true. But it's harder now for the paper magazine. So they have to follow these routes. And now it's like shooting for like a regular client. It's lots and lots of demands. When I started photography, you had this iconic Italian Vogue. You had this mm -hmm. iconic magazines, which were mind-blowing. The pictures, they were like, whoa. To be honest, today... It's very different. It's not the same anymore. This iconic photography is 85% less than it used to be. This Stephen Meisel mind-blowing productions, they are still there, but you have to search them. In the days when I started photography, it was like a blessing to have these kind of shoots for your magazine. Today, everything needs to be raw. Everything needs to be flawless, effortless. Pregnant ladies with their legs open are modern. This is the type of photography or style that is really much happening now. I'm not sure how it happened, but it bothers me because I don't like this kind of style. I completely agree with you. I mean, I'm very, very classical orientated. Yeah, me too. Uh, people always tell me we really like iconic photography. Mm -hmm. It's such a pleasure to create another world, to create another dimension. This is what this iconic photography was. It was a world, it was a fantasy world, full with fashion, full with creative period that, that Stephen Meisel shot with Franca Italian Vogue. It was like, wow. Mm -hmm. It's like inspiration, like Tim Walker shot for W magazine, Mermaid Story. Yeah. All this kind of photography that blows people away, that gives this other dimension, make people dream, make people give fantasy. It is not that much happening anymore because everything has to stay recognizable for the advertisers. People have to translate themselves in the clothes. They have to think that they are going to wear it and everything. Mm -hmm. That's a little bit lost, this iconic thing. So we try to do this kind of iconic work in our personal work. Some magazines, they really are into this iconic photography still, but it's still a way to search. You have to know the right people and it can be really frustrated for us too, you know. The days that we cry, maybe once in the week we have this desperate moment like, ah, it's not going to work or it's frustrated or... Why did they not take this story or an option? It's, it's not going through. You have like an amazing story. By example, we have shot like an amazing jewel story now. We have brands as Chanel, Louis Vuitton, Dior. Every high brand is in it. And even then, it's still very oh difficult to reach the magazines because it has to be the right advertisers. It has to be the right brands together, mixed together. It, Everything has to be right, so it's really difficult to place personal work in, in magazines. It is possible, but it is um, a really hard way to get, really. 
It's true. As you said, it's a combination. You have to know all the designers. You have to know who's working with whom. And at the same time, you need to complete the idea. And then you have to look for all these people. And most of the time, you're receiving like a big no right in your face. Exactly. This was a powerful episode, right? If you also think so, please leave us an honest review on Apple Podcasts. This is not only going to help us to reach more people, but also to bring more amazing guests to you right here in this show. Thank you so much for listening to us today. And don't forget that this week we're having our Friday show. So check out photographypodcast.net on Friday. Thank you so much for being with me today and I'll see you on Friday. <laughs>